Welcome to another episode of Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Trish, your bartender for today. And I'm Sloan, your crime tender for today. So grab a cocktail and buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot! Beep beep! Welcome back. I'm your bartender today, Trish, and today we're going to be doing one of my new favorites. It is the Truly Hard Seltzers, and this is the Margarita Pack. It is a new flavor, and as soon as I heard about it, I was like, I have to find these immediately. And we did. (laughs) And they did not disappoint. They are probably the least seltzer tasting of all the Trulies that I've had. I agree, which is the only reason that I kind of like them. <laughs> I was going to say, Sloan doesn't do the hard seltzers or anything like that. She can't, she can't handle the bubbles. They burn my ass up. <laughs> left of it. Yeah. So we rushed out and got these, and I tried them all. <laughs> there are four flavors. You have mango chili, classic lime, strawberry hibiscus, and watermelon cucumber. When I say they are all good in their own way, they're all good in their own way. The classic lime is just standard lime. Kind of tastes like Sprite, but a little, I guess a little on the flat side, but it was still enjoyable. I thought that was going to be my favorite, and I was sad to say that it disappointed me in that way, but it was still good. Yes. You have strawberry hibiscus, which out of the four is the sweetest. It was still good, but you definitely have to be prepared for a sweeter flavor. Watermelon cucumber was very, like, I thought I was going to hate it because I'm not a cucumber person, but it was really good. It's really refreshing. It's a lighter flavor. It was more watermelon to me. Yeah. So I was able to tolerate it. (laughs) (laughs) And then my favorite and everybody that I've let try these, like out of the pack I got, is the mango chili. So good. It was so good. And I'm not one for spice. I thought this was going to be my least favorite. And jokes on me, it was my favorite. Yeah. It It was the first to go. Oh, it is. It's got your mango taste. So it's kind of like it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. And then you get hit with that little hint of like chili on the back end. And it's like a. It's a good burn. It's and not I, a yeah. spice. And I've seen so many people on TikTok make like margaritas out of these. So I definitely think that might be in our future. I will definitely buy another pack and try that out because, whew. Yes, worth it. It was so worth it. But I highly suggest these. I would definitely, like if you are not usually one for seltzers, I would give these a shot because, like I said, they are the least tasting seltzer flavors I've ever had and they were so good. Highly recommend. But that's pretty much what we have on this and I guess we're going to kick you off to our case. Another crime with your crime tender Sloan. Today I bring you the story of a southern black widow 
that takes place around, well, on Valentine's Day, actually. Oh. So, themed, intrigue, we got the whole shebang for you. I had never, I mean, I'm sure that I had heard this story in passing, but I, I don't really remember it. So, maybe you had heard of it. Maybe y'all had heard of, heard of this. We'll see as we get into this. This is the story of Stacy Ch- Choke. Ch- Choke. I just looked this up on Google on how to pronounce <laughs> this. And I was going to say Sh- Shoek, but it said, it sounds like Choke to me, to be honest. I think it's Choke. There you go. My missing tooth makes it a little hard to pronounce my S's and C's and stuff. I do apologize. That's what I was trying to say. Anyways, so she will henceforth be known as Stacy. That, <laughs> that at least sounds like the right name. But Stacy was the head administrator for Georgia Spine and Neurosurgery, uh, Neurosurgery Center in DeKalb County, Georgia, which is where she met her boyfriend of several years, Juan Reyes, who was also a surgical assistant hired despite having, but he, he was hired despite having zero medical experience, knowledge, background, or anything, but he was hired as a surgical assistant. This is why medical horror stories kind of like this, like, ruin me. Um, What's the the one out of Texas? Doctor... Is that Doctor Death? Doctor Death, yes. Oh my gosh. I, I cannot stand to listen to that story for more than, like, 30 seconds because the thought of putting your hands... In somebody while they are like performing life-saving medical procedures on you and they are like fucked up in the brain like we all are we, we're all fucked up in the brain but you get what I'm saying that is one of my biggest fears is that the doctor that I'm relying on saving my life or the nurses or whoever is like incompetent at their job or even worse they're spiteful of their job anyways Moving on. That's not the point of this story. Moving on. So this is where she met her boyfriend, Juan. She hired him despite having zero medical experience, which usually wasn't the only problem. I mean, usually, which wasn't the only problem in their relationship and like between the two of them. Stacy was actually married. 36-year-old Stacy was married to 46-year-old Richard. Say the last name again. Shoke? That one. Yeah, that (laughs) one. Mm-hmm. Richard, what she said. And Richard was not a bad husband by any means. Most of his family and her family recall how, you know, he treated her great. He went above and beyond. He even adopted two of her kids as his own. So he wasn't a bad husband by any means. If anything, like, and I didn't see this anywhere, but like, but if anything, he could have maybe been neglectful or at least from Stacy's eyes, but he was a good husband. He was a good father and he was a good man. He was born in 1963 in New Jersey. He loved being outdoors. He loved painting. And he even had a side hobby where he would pilot hot air balloons I'm afraid of heights, so I'm not saying that, like, I would do that. But I do find it pretty cool that you would do that as a hobby, picking it up on the side. So, seems like a pretty cool cool dude to me. He would go on to marry Stacy, becoming Stacy's fifth husband. 
but he didn't let that dim his son, his shine as a husband or even as a father. And he stepped in, like I said, to be a big father figure to Stacy's children and even adopting two of them. She had three sons, two of them he adopted. And I could not really find like why all three weren't adopted, but maybe, you know, like one of the sons, their dad was still actively in their life, but the other two, I don't know, purely speculation, Gossip City over here. That's what I think. Richard was even the den leader of one of the son's Cub Scout troops. So, like, truly a great man in general here. But no matter how hard Richard tried or how much effort he put in, it was never enough for Stacy. She had her hot office affair going on on the side that was way more important than continuing her marriage. And clearly, the only way out of her marriage was to plot the murder of her husband, Richard. Divorce was just out of the question, right? Like, that just... Yeah. That's too easy of a solution. Divorce. Who would think of it? Let's murder him. I mean, in reality, like, Stacy had nothing to lose except a husband, but she had everything to gain, including $560,000 worth of life insurance money. So Stacy hatched a plan. Stacy went to one of her co-workers, a medical assistant at the Brain and Neurosurgery Spine Center, Lenitra Ross, and she confided in Lenitra about how she wanted to kill her husband. Stacy told Lenitra that Richard had been molesting one of her sons and that she wanted him to pay by death. There was no other solution. That was the only way that he could pay his penance. She told Lenitra, I don't want police. I don't want a divorce. I just want him dead. And Lenitra claimed that she could connect Stacy with a hitman, a personal friend. I even, you even find out kind of later that this is actually her baby daddy and on again, off again boyfriend. But anyways, her <laughs> close, her personal friend, Reginald Coleman. Reginald, aka Reggie, was a personal trainer by day and a hitman by night? Question mark. <laughs> Regardless, he didn't care as long as he got paid, as long as his bills was paid. He was doing whatever he needed to to hustle. Like, I respect the hustle, but the hitman part is the questionable part to me. I don't know. I'm hung up on Reginald. (laughs) like, Reginald. That is a southern name if I've heard one. Um, yes. I don't think I said, but this is in Georgia. Yeah, you said it was <laughs> okay. a Southern Belle, like, cereal, like, not cereal, but, like, I did say that, Black but Widow, yes. and I'm like, this is taking place in one of the suburbs of Atlanta. I definitely, like, skirted right past that, but Reginald. Reginald, <laughs> yes. So, Stacy ended up wiring Lenitra $10,000, to which she would pay Reginald the money, and Lenitra's payment in all of this was to live in a house that Stacy owned rent-free. So keep that in mind. She's living in Stacy's house rent-free. Yeah. All of the cash on paper goes to her, but she's actually giving it to Reggie. So on Valentine's Day, February 14th, because we don't know when Valentine's Day is, but anyway, stop being a smart-ass loan. February 14th, 2010, Richard cooked a romantic dinner for his wife, and her elderly grandparents who also lived with them. Stacy called Richard from work claiming that her relief, the person that was supposed to get there to replace her, was running late. And she suggested that they meet up at a local park instead of her coming directly home. 
hey, you know, let's go out for a little romantic getaway, get away from the kids, my grandparents, and just exchange our Valentine's gift and cards and, you know, yeah, maybe get a little frisky at the park since it's after dark and ain't nobody going to be there but us and maybe some other horny teenagers. Well, not other, but some horny teenagers. So that's the scene that she set up for Richard, right? Yeah. So Stacy said that she was on her way. And he should just wait for her once she arrived. She would be there as quickly as possible. She was still kind of waiting for her relief to get there, whatever. But this was later in the evening, so the park was already dark. And I'm not sure about the specific park, but I know every park that I've ever been to in my life closes whenever the sun goes down. Yes. If it doesn't have an actual time on it, like once the sun goes down, it's closed because you generally can't see things and yada, yada, yada. So I am assuming that the park is dark and it is closed and Richard's patiently waiting for his wife to arrive, expecting a nice little Valentine's rendezvous in the park, like little love struck teenagers. Oh boy. What Richard didn't know was that Reginald, I was going to change his name to Reggie, but Trish really is enjoying the Reginald. So (laughs) Reginald was already at the park waiting for Richard to arrive. Reginald then shot Richard five times in total, three times in the abdomen slash chest area, and twice in the face at a close range. The two bullets that went into his head went through his brain and his spinal cord. So, Didn't even stand a chance. That is the next line in my notes. He did not stand a chance. Immediately after the murder, Reginald's dumbass called Lenitra to let her know that the deed was done, who then called Stacy to let her know that the deed was done, and Stacy then finally made her merry ass way onto the park to quote unquote surprisingly find her husband murdered. Lay gasp. And then she proceeded talk to call nine one one. Talk about setting up a paper trail. Right? Like, I get that you set up a circle, but it is still a circle that traces directly back to you, you dumb bitch. Authorities arrived on the scene and almost immediately ruled out robbery as the motive because Richard still had all of his valuables, namely the watch on his wrist, his wedding ring, and even his wallet was still on his person (laughs) with cash in it. Yep. His car was still there, too. They also noticed that a third set of tire marks was close by to the scene that they believed slash hoped belonged to the killer, which like to me, like, yes, you hope it and it is fresh marks, but like also it's a park. (laughs) I'm assuming people are in and out of there all day, but they were on the correct path here. But my initial thought, I was like, oh, this is not going to lead anywhere. Yeah. When Stacy was questioned initially, she immediately revealed her affair with Juan Reyes and started pointing the finger at him. So the investigators went and checked into him and they thought, you know, maybe he had, maybe they had a jealous lover situation, a love triangle sort of thing going on. Juan was willing and agreed to talk to them immediately. He told them, like, he, he waved the right to the lawyer and then he told them everything. He was pretty much like... Yeah, you know, I've been in a relationship with her, but really it's just been for the benefit of me. I'm trying to get back with my baby mama and like Stacy has pretty much been paying me to stay with her. Like <laughs> she buys me things, she buys my kids things and like 
I just honestly couldn't afford to give that up. But you can go ask my baby mama. Like, I was with her. I was with my ex-wife that night. She'll vouch for me. I'm actively trying to get her back. But she's unemployed. So that's why it's been really helpful to have Stacy on the side helping to foot bills, too. Because, yeah. like, I mean, you can see, I, I can't afford to break up with this woman. It doesn't matter that she was married. <laughs> but I can tell you, like... I didn't want to be with her, so I definitely didn't kill her husband out of a jealousy rage. So, detectives contacted Juan's ex-wife to confirm the alibi for the night of the murder. It all checked out, but also, like, suspicious me. I'm like, did it? Does it? But we know. We know the background. It did. And with that, the questioning of Juan Reyes as the killer was completely shut down. He was cleared. I will say that he was a dumbass and he did a polygraph. Never. The results were inconclusive, but, like, don't do a polygraph. And always get a lawyer, whether you're innocent or guilty. Just cover your ass. Yes. Soon after they receive a tip, this one is from Stacy's own cousin, Connie Hearn. This would lead them to the car that Reginald had been driving the night of the murder. The car in question was an Impala, and it was now parked at... Lenitra's house. You don't say. Who's surprised? The car originally belonged to Stacy's grandparents, but she had generously gifted it to Reginald, which was concerning to Connie because Stacy was given the car to sell so the money could go towards their grandparents' medical bills. But Stacy reported the car is missing weeks before it was found at Lenitra's house. Ugh. Stacy told her family that she received $14,000 for the car, but no family member saw a single dime of it. None of it went towards the hospital bill. And once again, Lenitra and Reginald are saying that this was gifted to them. Well, to him, but them, because they're a couple, an unofficial couple. But connect the dots here. Yeah. Oddly enough, the tires on the car, the Impala, did indeed match the tire tracks found at the scene of the crime. So, connecting those dots again. Police knew that Stacy had something to do with this mess, but they needed more evidence before they could arrest her. The next thing they know, an IT technician from Stacy's work contacts them. His job is to clear out all of the, like, junk mail from the employees' accounts in the firm and he let them know that Stacy's email box inbox had been emptied a few days before the murder and frequently thereafter up until this point. Yeah. Which was really fishy considering that he was murdered on a weekend. So usually the employees just let their inboxes sit over the weekend. Yes. But Stacy's is actively being checked into, being deleted and emptied and very fishy shit. If you're asking me. So the IT tech was like, hey, she deleted them, but I can actually pull them back up and give these to you if you need them to search through. And the police are like, hell yeah, man. Of course we need that. Like, it'll be beneficial if it's not beneficial towards her. It's beneficial to ruling her out sort of situation. Yes. And he goes, all right, cool. So the police also at the same time go and get a search warrant for the emails just to make sure that their asses are covered. And so, as they're checking the emails, the backups of the emails that are handed over to them, they found, they searched through 4,000 deleted emails, and they found proof of at least two money transfers. 
the first for $8,900 and the second for $1,100. And that adds up to $10,000. And where have we heard that amount before? That's the amount that Stacy was paying Reginald. Okay. I was like. To kill. Uh... <laughs> to kill Richard. But the transfers were paid to Lenitra. And like I said, Lenitra said was getting the money to pay Reginald for Stacy. But whenever the cops paid a visit to Lenitra at her home, they remember she's renting. Yeah. Quote unquote renting. She's not paying for it, but she's renting. When the cops pay a visit to this house to question her again, Lenitra said that Stacy had wired her the money to help pay for repairs on the house. That according to Lenitra, she was doing on her own. So she did not have receipts or like phone conversations from any contractors or anything like that. Any plumbers. It was just her saying, hey, she paid me this money to fix the house that I'm living in. A little weird. I feel like you would at least have some Home Depot or Lowe's receipts to turn over though. But whatever. So between the car at the house and the emails, the authorities knew that they were on the right track but they still didn't have quite enough evidence to arrest the three. They decided to do a quote-unquote tower dump from the time of the murder in hopes that whoever was driving the Impala would have spent some of their time waiting on Richard, either making phone calls or text messages or something on the phone. Yeah. So whenever you make a phone call, the tower that connects your call captures a good bit of information from you very quickly, even if you hang up like right away. That tower's capturing your phone number, the number that you called, the date that you called, the time that you called, and the duration of that phone call. So whether it's two seconds, two minutes, two hours, that stuff is hidden in the phone towers that connect our phone calls. So searching through this tower dump was definitely an overwhelming task for the investigators, but they had an idea. They ended up cross-referencing the phone numbers from the tower dump to the phone numbers in Stacy's contact list. So, ding, 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 they have a winner at this point. Through this, they found a number from Stacy's phone contacts that made a call from the park around 8.40, shortly before the, mur- before the murder, to another number that was also sta- saved in Stacy's phone. So, what they found out was that this was Reginald, who was saved in Stacy's phone, <laughs> calling Lenitra, who is also saved in Stacy's phone contacts. And as we know, this is probably like right after the murder. Because remember, Reginald had called Lenitra to be like, hey, I did it. Yeah. And then Lenitra called Stacy. Hey, he did it. And then Stacy all of a sudden shows up. So that is probably that phone call that's going on at that point. Upon further inspection, they also found a text message from Lenitra to Stacy saying, quote, so it wasn't a phone call from Lenitra to Stacy. I was wrong on that. I do apologize. It was this text message. And sta- and Lenitra said, quote unquote, forgot to tell you I'm coming in late tomorrow. By the way, happy Valentine's Day. So based on the time the text message was sent, cops assumed that the text slash the happy Valentine's Day was code for it's done. Your husband's dead. Go play victim. Get your ass to the park. Yeah. Yeah. So June 10th. This is Valentine's Day. June 10th, several months later, the three amigos were finally arrested for the murder of Richard Shoke. Shoke. Damn. I thought I had it. (laughs) 
The police served seven search warrants in four counties and three arrest warrants all in one day. Pretty much like simultaneously too because they didn't want for the the three to tip each other off that the arrest was coming. So they pretty much arrested them all like at the same time. Uh, It started off with started off with Reggie was arrested first. Next, they got Lenitra during a traffic stop. They saw her car and pulled her over and arrested her there. And then lastly, they arrested Stacy, where it all began. The <laughs> spine clinic. Her office. Oh, when they showed up, someone tipped Stacy off and she actually attempted to make a run for it. <laughs> so the spine office is correct is connected to the hospital. So she made a run into the hospital, ran through several like halls and wards and whatnot, and ended up putting herself in a closet that you can only get into with a badge. Hmm. And so clearly she let herself in. The cops had kind of a standoff outside of it until eventually Stacy surrendered. But I'm just curious about this part because if it, if you have to have a badge to access it, was Stacy the only one with a badge to access that room? Or, like, did other doctors not step up and say, hey, let me use my badge to let you in? Like, that part was just really fishy. They literally stood outside and just waited for her to leave the closet. Right. Which, I mean, she she didn't have any other exit. So, all they could do was wait. And she would have to come out immediately. But, to me, it just... Why would another person with a badge not just let them into where she was? Once they had them in interrogation, Reggie den- denied everything. Lenitra played innocent about the whole thing. After all, she was just trying to repair Stacy's house, you, you know. How could she invo- be involved in a murder for hire? She was renting a house and fixing it. Easy. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to get caught up in these things for sure, especially whenever you're not being charged rent. Stacy caved pretty much immediately, though. She relayed the same story to authorities where Richard had been molesting one of her kids. She even would go on to tell them that, like, she had been molested as a kid, which is why she responded so strongly to it. But I did not find any, like, further proof to back that up other than her trying to, like, cover her own ass. Right. And then also, during trials, even her children testified against her. Even the one that she, like said was being molested and he goes he said something along the lines of i'm sorry mom i shouldn't have exaggerated what had actually happened he just touched me and like by that i just mean like he literally laid a hand on it on this kid who he had adopted as his own mind you stacy also told the cops that she had planned for the murder to look like a robbery so she was actually pretty pissed with reginald because he didn't take any of richard's belongings (laughs) and that was one of the things that the cops noticed right off the bat. They noticed that it was not a robbery and that's not what why he died. But apparently in Stacy's original plan, Reggie was supposed to take the watch, the wedding ring, the wallet, the whole shebang. And she even wanted him to drive off in Richard's car. So to me, that means that like maybe Lenitra was supposed to be there with him and she wasn't for whatever reason. But regardless, like, was theft too much for Reginald's conscience, but murder wasn't <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand where his integrity line laid on this evening. Also, maybe he thought if he stole like the stuff, that'd be like an easy trace back to him. 
I mean, it could, but also you could discard of that shit. And I mean, regardless, these three dumbasses were going to get caught anyways. Yes. I'm just saying, like, I'm pointing out the things that <laughs> reading this, and I even watched a an episode about this, but I I was just kind of like, well, this is where you kind of went wrong here. This is where you kind of went wrong here. Not that I'm giving y'all a how-to on how to murder anybody. That's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> but we all like to think that we're smarter than the last one, right? This is me being smarter than these people. Stacy also claimed that she asked Reginald to only shoot Richard in the head once because she did not want him to suffer as he died. So she was really pissed to find out that he had been shot five times instead of once. <laughs> Uh, Stacy claimed that she created this plot because she couldn't just divorce Richard. She was really concerned that he would end up with custody of her children at the end of this all. Which, like, let's be honest, this bitch is crazy. She probably would have lost custody of her children and yes. she probably needed to. But anyways, then in December of 2012, Stacy pled guilty to malice murder. Which is a criminal offense in Georgia committed when a homicide is done with express or implied malice. It's essentially like what first degree murder is in other states. Georgia just has their own wording and whatnot. Um, the death penalty was taken off of the table for Stacy because she pled guilty and she also gave a testimony against Lenitra. Reggie pled guilty shortly after Stacy did, so Stacy did not have to testify against him. But Lenitra did stand, she stood trial and she was convicted for malice murder as well so they all three went away for that essentially first degree murder again and they were all sentenced to life in prison without parole so that is the story of atlanta's black widow of valentine's day oh, what year was it 2010 2010 2010 then and yeah there is a dateline episode about this a snapped episode about this and that's that's my case for today. It was a wild ride. Well, <laughs> I just will never understand people like divorce is always an option. It's not yes. the option that we want going into a marriage, but like if it comes to killing somebody or divorcing them, divorce is the better option here. And I get it. Sometimes it's hard to get out. I'm not telling you divorce is always the option. I'm just saying divorce is usually the best option. Hero is definitely the best option. And unfortunately, a good man lost his life because he married a crazy woman. Which we're all crazy. It's just what level of crazy are you? Exactly. But with that, we're going to kick you off to the last call. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in a second. Welcome back to another Last Call. I'm your bartender, Trish. And after that case, I have some little fun facts for us. Because why not after a <laughs> murder case to uh, <laughs> lighten. lighten the mood a little. So I found these online. That's why I have a cocktail in my hand. <laughs> And some of them I find kind of fun, and some of them I'm like, well, then. 
So we'll just start this off. So did you know that in Switzerland, it's illegal to own just one guinea pig? I mean, they should not live alone. It's considered animal abuse because they're social animals and they get lonely. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you if you want a guinea pig and you live in Switzerland, you better be prepared to get two. Makes sense. Yep. Have you ever wondered why we say, like, raise a toast? Kind of. So apparently ancient Romans used to drop a piece of toast into their wine for good health. Hence why you raise a toast. Because you would raise your glass of wine with your hmm. toast in it. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. Carbs on carbs on carbs. Right? I was like... I hope it's not like a big piece of toast because that just <laughs> sucks up all the wine. True. <laughs> but I found that interesting and I was like, I guess that explains it. If you ever feel like you're more creative when in the shower, you are not alone because that is your dopamine kicking in and it increases your creative flow. Dopamine. Who's she? <laughs> So when you're taking a warm shower, it's supposed to increase your dopamine flow and you become more creative in that. So I think I I can attest to that when I'm not like in like a <laughs> depressed mood and I take a shower, I do feel like I start thinking of things a little more. <laughs> but I do not know what that is. <laughs> uh in Scotland, the national animal there is a unicorn. I thought this was a joke, but no, it's... <laughs> it's... <laughs> I think I saw a TikTok about this, too, and someone goes, people think it's, like, think it's a joke, and then you look into it, and no, it's a real thing. The unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. All right, I'm moving to Scotland. <laughs> it was chosen because of its connection with dominance in chivalry, as well as purity and innocence in Celtic mythology. I was like, you go, you go. Now, if someone has the national whatever being a mermaid, we're all for it. <laughs> we're a penguin. Yes, penguin. I would Who's take as a penguin? I feel like somebody has to have a penguin. Antarctica, maybe. <laughs> you keep going. Nutmeg is a hallucinogen. What? Yep. There, if you consume it in a large dose, it can have mind-altering effects. There's something in it that mm. makes you start hallucinating. It's definitely Antarctica, and we're not going there. <laughs> I will not survive. Uh, so... I'm not saying to make this a new challenge because we all know that I will make it a Gen new Z is in that are stupid <laughs> and start doing these challenges. But um, apparently, if you, I, I don't know how much a large dose is considered, but mm -hmm. apparently, if you just consume a whole bunch of nutmeg, you'll start hallucinating. 
There is a fruit native to Central and South America that tastes like chocolate pudding. I'm on the fence about this. I don't know if I want my fruit tasting like chocolate pudding. Uh, it sounds like Nate's dream. Oh, I was going to say it. I'm sure it's somebody's dream out there. It's called, this fruit is called black. I haven't, I tried to look up and like nowhere really gave me a like firm answer on how to say this. But I'm going to say it's called black sapote. S-A-P-O-T-E. Sounds good to me. And it supposedly tastes like chocolate and sweet custard. So, again, not sure how I would feel about that because when I'm eating, like, fruit, I'm expecting, like, a fruity flavor, not uh-huh. not sweet. <laughs> but apparently, if you are a sweets lover and you need to consume more fruit in your life, this is the one for you. And then my last little fun fact is back in... In 1834, ketchup was actually prescribed as medicine. What? <laughs> it what? was it was dis- it was prescribed because it could be used to treat indigestion, which I get because it's very acidic and that. But I, I don't know to, if I I was told to cut out ketchup and tomato stuff for my indigestion. <laughs> right? I don't. I don't. If you have a burn, you can put mustard on it. Yes, that is a trade secret for... I know that. Yeah. Well, that was that was fun to learn. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I love finding these little fun facts. Because yeah. I'm like, I feel like that guy on TikTok. Here's something I didn't know before I was in my yeah. 30s. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, but we hope you enjoyed the case and this little... Uh, last call if you do be sure to check us out every tuesday and friday for new episodes leave us a rating a review Review. it really helps share this episode if you enjoyed it uh we post on facebook instagram tiktok twitter all that you'll get recipe cards for the cocktails that we do you'll get like little reels and stuff like that Reminders when the episodes come up. Yes. We have our email at tequilashrote at gmail.com. You can send us case suggestions, drink suggestions, anything like Just that. Just want to chit chat. Yep. Have any suggestions for us, how we can improve and make your experience better. We're all ears, open to grow. Yep. We also have Patreon set up finally. And for as little as $2, two whole dollars a month. You get, once we start ads, you get ad-free episodes, which I think, hopefully we'll have ads by this time. Sorry if you hate them. (laughs) Early release episodes, and there are multiple tiers, different tiers. You get different bonus episodes every month between Ruining Paradise by me, Haunted Episodes by me, and a monthly Ask Us Anything, Let's Chit Chat, Happy Hour, like... And also just a bonus episode in general that yeah. is not going to be released on, like, Spotify. But. We are also doing merch through Patreon. So depending on what tier you sign up, it'll have different merch item- items for you. Right now we have, like, a sticker, a coffee mug, and a t-shirt up for grabs. 
They are all super cute. I want them myself. Yep. So, yeah, check us out. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for riding along on this hot mess express. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.